0: At Emory University's Goizueta Business School, we believe in going beyond what is to build what should be. Because when you change your perspective, you change business for the better. In an ever-changing marketplace, we seek to make our mark. To achieve more, build more, do more, create more. That's the Goizueta Effect. Hi, I'm Melanie Buckmaster, Director of Communications for Emory University's Goizueta Business School, and your host. Today, I'll be joined by Michael Lewis. We'll take a look at the world of sports fans. We'll discuss what defines a fan and why fandom is an important measure of modern culture. We'll dig into what sharp declines in fandom for Generation Z means for sports leagues, teams, networks, and studios and will unpack how young women may represent an unanticipated and untapped opportunity for the industry. Michael is a professor of marketing at Guizbeta Business School and faculty director of the Emory Marketing Analytics Center. His work centers on the intersection of sports analytics and marketing, with research ranging from player performance to brand equity. He has been featured in the New York Times, Yahoo Sports, USA Today, The Bleacher Report, and NPR. Welcome, Michael.
1: Hi, Melanie. Thanks for having me.
0: We'll talk about sports specifically in just a moment, but first, give us a baseline. What's fandom more broadly, and why is it an important reflection of culture overall?
1: It's a good question, because I I think when people hear the word fan, uh, immediately their mind goes to, you know, something... Something that doesn't seem all that important. You know, it's the individual sitting in the rafters at a stadium that is, you know, his, his face is painted, he's wearing a jersey, um, or it's, you know, back in the day, it's kids sleeping out for the latest big concert, right? It seems almost something trivial. But if you take a step back and you think about what fandom really is, it's about it's about intense passion, and it's intense passion for elements of the culture. So understanding what people care about and what they are passionate about, in some ways, where I end up at this point in my life and my career, is there is nothing more important.
0: Let's talk a little bit about your research. Um, The intensity with which fans like or dislike teams and sports varies widely across generations. Your findings point to sharp declines in fandom and Generation Z, particularly in males. This age group spans junior high kids to those in their mid-20s and represents the next big generation coming of age. Can you speak to the specifics in your report about this and talk about why it matters?
1: Okay, so just a little bit of background. I, My training and background is very much as a quantitative person. So a lot of the work I've done in sports fandom has been about measurement. So looking at looking at the results of teams and saying, well, which team has the best brand or the best fan equity? This past summer, I've taken this in a little bit of a different direction, and we've commissioned some original survey research that we're calling the Next Generation Fandom Survey to take a deeper look into what's happening. So the survey went out, and frankly, I was, I was very much surprised by the way the results came back. You know, America is continually going through a a shift in terms of the generations. We went from the baby boomers to X to the millennials, and now we've moved to Generation Z. Going into the survey, I thought Generation Z would behave fairly similar to millennials. You know, the millennials grew up with the internet. Generation Z grew up with, with smartphones. And so in a way, they're both digital natives with one, the Generation Z having greater intensity. So I was a little bit surprised when the data came back and we saw this tremendous drop-off in sports fandom for Generation Z. The Millennials, in fact, turned out to be the most enthusiastic, the most avid fans, uh, with Generation X and the Baby Boomers slightly less than the Millennials, but with the Generation Z really being the outlier. And uh, look, I'm, a, I'm a 54-year-old guy, and so... When I grew up, you know, sports are essentially everything we did and talked about as a a young guy. It was the Generation Z men that seemed particularly alienated and anti-sport.
0: That's interesting. Do you have any thoughts on why that might be? Have you gotten to dig into that at all?
1: So as an academic, it's kind of fun to start to dig deeper, try and peel back the layers and figure what's going on. I think sports fandom is really driven by two psychological constructs. One is need to belong to communities, and the other is related to self-identity. Okay, and I I think this should make sense to anyone that is a sports fan, right? We were talking a little bit before the the mics went on that you went to the University of Georgia. So do you have a lot of friends that you would describe as a big Georgia Bulldog fan? Yes. Okay, And, and so that is part of their identity, right? They, they might say, I'm a Georgia Bulldog fan. I like to be affiliated with that. So th- these connections to community and this intensity of feeling directly related to when the team wins and loses are incredibly important. And with the Generation Z males, their scores on those traits were much lower than Generation Z females in some of the other groups. So somehow, in some way, and this is what I mean about we can always dig deeper The culture that these kids have grown up with, the technologies that they have grown up with has resulted in some type of alienation, which means that they don't want to commit, that they don't want to connect. Sports fandom is different than other kinds of fandom in that it's a public thing to do and it's a lifelong thing to do. And the Generation Z kids, boys in particular, don't seem all that interested.
0: And are you seeing that sort of apathy run across fandom for them, or is it mostly in the sports realm?
1: Well, that's what's interesting. So the, the, in the survey, we're asking across all the different major sports and also across different entertainment categories. It's fairly negative. You know, they're, they're lagging in terms of their peers and other older generations across all sports with the exception of one. And folks might disagree on whether or not this is actually a sport, and that's eSports. In terms of entertainment categories, music, movies, television, comedy, they score relatively closely to their female peers. So it does seem to be something unique to the realm of sports. And I do suspect that it is, it comes back to this issue that sports are, sports fandom is something that's a little bit different, right? In that, hey, if you're a Boston Red Sox fan, you might be one from the age of five until 85. Right? If you're a fan of your musician or a movie, that stuff tends to be more transitory.
0: You've mentioned Gen Z females a couple of times. How do their attitudes and perceptions differ from males, and what opportunities do they present for the industry?
1: It, it appears that this, this kind of idea of belonging to something bigger, to proclaim that you are a X, Y, or Z fan, is something that is more consistent with Gen Z female psychology, that they are less alienated from from the culture. And so that might suggest that there's an opportunity for leagues to grow their female fandom. And so maybe you have less male fans going forward, maybe you have more female fans going forward, maybe it's a push.
0: Well, when it comes to sports and female leadership, we are seeing some positive trends from the San San Antonio Spurs hiring of Becky Hammond as assistant coach to last year's hiring of Kim Eng by the Marlins as the first GM in Major League Baseball. Do you think this shift, with women starting to take on more important roles in male-dominated sports, is behind the increase in female Uber fans?
1: I don't know. I, I suspect it's actually that there's a larger cultural force that's driving both sides of this that is leading to more female representation in sports management and also more interest on the side of young women. I'll give you a little personal anecdote. Someone that I've had to class and have worked closely with for a number of years is a woman named Lucy Rushton, who was the essentially the head scout, the head of technical recruitment for the Atlanta United. And Lucy has since gone on to become... The general manager of the Washington, uh, D.C. United. You mentioned uh, you mentioned a couple other female executives, but Lucy is the only woman that has that general manager title in the world of soccer. So she is a major player in it. And like I said, I, I've worked with Lucy for years. She's smart. She's incredibly hardworking. I, I couldn't be happier for her. But but that said this does kind of come back to these larger, these larger cultural trends. And it, it, is, it, it is something that's a bit of an open question. As, and this is where, again, this is where this stuff, again, feels like tiptoeing through a minefield, is as these sports become more inclusive, do they become less appealing to different segments? And, and I'll put this out there as a very much a pure theoretical marketing idea we don't see a lot of mass marketing in the world anymore, right? I mean, it used to be people drank Coca-Cola and that was the only thing for, the, for, for everyone. Now you have Diet Coke and you've got Vanilla Coke and you've got eight flavors of Fanta from the Coca-Cola company. And we might call that segment-based marketing. So as a sports league becomes, you know, markets to different groups, does it become less interesting to other groups? Does sports become not the domain of, boys and maybe a lot of people say well that's great that's positive change but does that also make it less interesting to boys and i don't i don't know the answer to that question but i think it's interesting that i think people are almost afraid to ask that question
0: i mean it could be said that the marketing of sports up until this point has been segmented to males um, and now we're seeing the shift where the different leagues and, and teams and things are seeing this opportunity with women. I don't know. Do you have any thoughts on that?
1: Look, businesses always want to grow their fan bases. And the female fan has always been a little bit elusive. It's, well, it's one of these, and it's like, this is not really so much to do with marketing or, or fandom, but it's almost this classical marketing trap of, well, you always want more customers. Cadillac had a problem 30 years ago because they were so associated with old people, right? And so young people didn't want to drive a car that old people drive. Uh, Levi's jeans, you know, this kind of quintessential young person's fashion in the 60s and the 70s became very much associated with the baby boomers at some point. And now my young boys, my teenage boys, I don't know if they own a pair of jeans, right? And so it's it's a subtle point and it's one that people don't like to talk about, but the other fans, the other consumers, they're going to affect the image of the product.
0: Fandom seems like an elusive concept. So how do you measure it? What sort of attitudes, preferences, and behaviors did you look at in your study?
1: We looked at everything we could think of. I mean, so, so starting with basic questions of how much are you a fan of whatever entity of professional baseball, of sports in general, of, of movies, to looking at behavior. So how likely are you to wear a team jersey? I, I, I love that one. I love the idea of the clothing test, right? Because it's this idea of, you know, it's, it's easy to say you're a fan, but putting on a jersey means that you're a walking billboard. Um, are you, do you follow your favorite teams and your favorite athletes on social media? you know, more behavioral type things. Some of the stuff that's really important, that's hard to ask in a survey because, you know, you don't know how accurate people are being is how much do you spend on sports? Okay. So you see where this is, it's a range of questions from a top level attitude to some more specific behaviors and then going down into, well, where do you put your, where, where do you put your money? Okay. Um, Other questions. Do you collect memorabilia? Would you buy an NFT of your favorite team or your favorite sports moment? So trying to capture this elusive concept through a range of both attitudes and behaviors, and then even sort of drilling down further into some more fundamental psychological concepts like need for belongingness or the importance of self-identity traits. And so it is like you're saying, it, it's an elusive concept that you've got to measure in a bunch of different ways. But I'll add to this, fandom includes an element of magic. We never get to the point where the data explains everything. There's always that extra human element. And that extra human element is where, in some ways, it's it's where the magic happens.
0: Well, talking about the the findings... Which generations are the biggest fans and how do they show up?
1: It's millennials across the board. And I was a little bit surprised by that. The millennial generation was the most willing to connect and display their fandom. They're the core audience at this moment. Maybe, you know, Generation X still, still paying for some of the bigger price tickets. But the millennials were across the board the most connected generation, which is why. The fall off to Generation Z was so so surprising, at least to myself.
0: Absolutely. And when you talk about the millennials, are they showing up in all different kinds of ways?
1: Yeah, social media, um, willing to go out to the stadiums, uh, willing to wear the shirts, uh, the jerseys, uh, across the board. And across just about every sport, millennials had the highest score, whether it was football, baseball, Basketball, etc. They were truly, you know, the, that generation got a lot of criticism when they were growing up. Of everyone had to have a participation trophy, but in terms of being connected to society, it absolutely the environment that they grew up in. And look, this is this is speculative. Maybe because they were more connected with the internet. Maybe because they did have smartphones at a relatively younger age, maybe because they got so much encouragement and so much positive reinforcement that they became the most committed fans of any generation.
0: What about when we talk about specific sports? So from basketball to hockey and football to esports, you measured fandom across sports as well. When looking to future fans, which sports stand to gain and which are seeing big declines?
1: So Every one of these sports is operating in a slightly different context at the moment. Football, both college and pro football, I keep almost waiting for the decline, right? But those sports actually do seem to be Teflon coated, and I've been thinking about this lately. and what I almost come down to is it's like has is the football product, whether it's SEC football, we're down here in the southeast, or NFL football it is such a a spectacle, right? You're almost going to a modern-day cathedral in terms of some of these stadiums. There's 95,000 people on UGA's campus. There's 100-plus thousand at Michigan. There's 70,000 in a lot of pro stadiums. So has that sort of once-a-week thing, is this what we're looking for in terms of sports, almost more of an event? You also add to it that football has was almost designed for gambling. I mean, it wasn't intentional, but almost everyone I know is in a fantasy football league. People like to play the point spread. And so the circumstances, you know, even though football has problems with political protests, domestic violence, concussions, that it just keeps moving forward. Now, I will say that the and, and across almost all generations, football is the favorite American sport. Maybe the the weakness that they need to be concerned about is, and it's related to concussions, are kids not going to play football moving forward? Are you going to see a decrease in participation? And that'll translate to a decrease in viewership. Baseball is a sport that I absolutely love thinking about from a fandom perspective Baseball has some of the old oldest fans out there. It, it's sort of a 55-plus game. Maybe it's too slow-paced for the younger generation. Uh, baseball has also almost adopted more of a local model of fandom where people are fans of the local team and don't really fa- follow the game at a national level, right? People in Atlanta love the Braves, not so interested when the Mariners play the Pirates, right? So maybe baseball ends up being a little bit of a Maybe a lot of these other sports end up being almost more segment-focused than mass-market-focused. Basketball seems to be the opposite of baseball, where basketball has a real star system. And look, it's been like this a long time, from Larry Bird to Michael Jordan to Kobe Bryant to LeBron James to whoever takes on that mantle next. Basketball is more of a national game, wants to be an international game tends to do relatively poorly locally. Has a has a younger fan base. So do people age out of being a basketball fan because, you know, it lacks, let's say, the beauty and the you know, you go to a Braves game, you're hanging out in the sunshine, sort of a relaxing effort. Basketball is almost more like going to a concert and seeing the stars out there. Does do people age out of that stuff? You mentioned esports. Esports is coming. And maybe you could say esports has arrived and as this younger generation gets older that will be the one to watch the one that's sort of most interesting you know i've got a phd student that is working with an esports company and the data is absolutely fascinating the level of the amount of time people will devote to a game is astonishing you know it is it is hours a day to to play the games and also hours of de- hours of each day watching the games it's, it's kind of great, though, because the, the eSports environment is such that we can get like the, the 30,000 foot view of what probably happens in a lot of fandom. But because it's all digital, we can see it. So we can actually see people watching influencers or streamers on places like Twitch and actually then see how that translates to do they play the games more or do they play the games less. So eSports is this amazing situation where, you know, as a as a data person, as an analytical person, where we're going to get some real insights about fandom. Now, the question is, is this just a fundamentally different kind of fandom playing video games, watching other people playing video games than it is to, you know, go out with 90,000 of your friends and watch the, the big game on Sundays or Saturdays?
0: What about soccer? I know that was another big one that we're seeing arise, especially with younger viewers.
1: Soccer is one of the... Look, I'm going to be the first to admit that I've got some biases. Okay. And growing up soccer was a sport that was always on the horizon. Now I think soccer has largely arrived. Now the bias I have is that since I've lived in Atlanta for the last decade, we've seen something very unusual when the Atlanta United started playing. I don't think anyone knew what was going to happen. The the Atlanta United are owned by the by the same folks that own the Atlanta Falcons. So they have NFL-level production values, and they have all sorts of resources. They were also playing their games in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And I think everyone thought, well, this is is Major League Soccer, so we're looking at crowds of about 20,000. If we're really doing well, maybe we'll get to 30,000. And right out the gate, they were putting 60-plus thousand people in the stands. I remember talking to some Europeans, and they're like, what are you talking about? So the Atlanta United was an absolute local phenomena. And two, three years in, they actually won the MLS championship. And so living here in Atlanta, soccer's big. And I can tell you, when, I, when I'm teaching on campus, I probably see more Atlanta United t-shirts than I do of any of the other Atlanta teams. And so they've been tremendously impactful with, with younger audiences as well. Now, that being said, Atlanta is a unique market for something like soccer. Atlanta is very transplant driven. So while a lot of folks have moved from Chicago or they've moved from Boston to Atlanta, you know, those folks had a baseball team. They had a basketball team. And, you know, I I think sometimes it's hard to get into Atlanta sports. Maybe it's like there's this local UGA and Atlanta Braves culture that's kind of hard to crack. But they could all become an Atlanta United fans. So it's like the stars all came together and it worked out beautifully for them. Now, beyond that, you know, the other side of this is on a, on a more national level. The U.S. women's soccer team is obviously one of the big sports stories of the last 20 years. This is a team with international dominance, it is a team that has received a lot of attention. So Alex Morgan, Megan Rapino, hope solo back in the day these were largely household names they, they've broken through so soccer's uh it's an interesting one to watch because the US women's national team has a ton of fans i don't think it's really translated to professional women's soccer so oddly the men's professional league is growing rapidly in the US the women's professional league is not growing rapidly maybe it's a bit of a substitution effect
0: Let's switch a little bit to talking about more about the business side of things. So sports is big business. In fact, you use another word in your research to describe fans, and that's ultra-passionate consumers. With the decline in sports popularity that we're seeing, what types of businesses will be impacted and what shifts would you recommend to counteract the decline?
1: Well, I, I use the term... Ultra passionate consumers, because I think this stuff. Even though we, I talk mostly about sports, this idea of fandom or, or passion is—it's actually relevant to a lot of different industries. You know, it, there are there are brands that people feel passionate about. You know, the the ones that if, if I asked undergraduate students. To do a survey, they'll tell me things like Disney or Tesla or or Apple, right? So there are some brands. And back look back in the day, I used to hear things like Coca Cola and Harley Davidson. So, you know, people have these this passion for things beyond sports. Sports just happens to be sort of like almost an ideal laboratory to study some of this stuff. Now, to your question of what does this do for the business world going forward? I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna admit, admit. Look, maybe this is the best thing an expert can do, is admit what they don't know. You know, maybe that's the definition of an expert: is I know what I don't know. I don't know where a lot of this goes. The data that I've now seen on Generation Z fandom suggests to me that the world of sports is likely to become a little bit smaller. That it's likely to go, stop, that we're likely to stop having something where, like, oh yeah, I love football, I love baseball, I love basketball too. Almost, you know, there are smaller groups that are fans of, uh, of basketball and baseball. Maybe everyone will still love football. But I do suspect that you're going to start to see a little bit of shrinkage. Now, all of these leagues have opportunities and are actively trying to build their businesses. So the NBA is very much the star-driven league. It is a league that is built around its players. LeBron James has more social media followers than the Los Angeles Lakers, okay? LeBron James, great athlete in the in the all-time great conversation, but he doesn't have as many championships as the Lakers have. He doesn't he hasn't been playing as long as the Lakers have, but I think it's I think it's about 80 million followers to about 15 million followers for the team. So, that, but, but I think the NBA almost views that as a positive because they've used some of those athletes as opportunities to maybe develop more of, a, more of a global business. And so the NBA is an interesting one because they've been very public about trying to grow their business in places like China. So in some ways, maybe the NBA doesn't even care so much if there's a little bit less interest in the United States because there's 1.5 billion Chinese consumers. Now on the other side of that, I think we've seen some indications that China, and this is both in terms of sports and Hollywood, that China is less interested in having American culture dominate the Chinese marketplace. And so is China? does China let that happen? So there's going to be these major, almost geopolitical forces that may dictate where a lot of this stuff goes. Baseball, again, is one we talked about with a relatively aging fan base. Does baseball start to make some major moves to move more into the social space, to start to empower players and make the players the stars rather than the teams? Every one of these teams, every one of these leagues, like these are competitive people. They're going to make every effort they can and try and figure out a way to keep growing their business, to keep bringing the, the fans through the turnstiles. So it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out.
0: Well, you have an interesting background with a PhD from Northwestern an MBA from the University of Chicago, and engineering degrees from the University of Illinois. You clearly have a passion for both sports and marketing. What drives you to do this work?
1: You know, careers are long, and I came up as a quantitative marketer. So I've done a bunch of marketing analytics, a bunch of modeling related to things like how do consumers respond to a loyalty programs? It occurred to me that all the models I was using of consumers could actually be applied to different types of behaviors, right? I, I could I can model a consumer, but I can use the same statistical and optimization techniques to model an employee, or, and here's the, the fun insight, or a second baseman, or a point guard. Um, I'll also say that what drives me is really this, this insight that you know fans are immensely powerful people because it, you know you, you get away from the word fans and you use the word passion i got news for you melanie it's like you know the people that are going to change the world the people that are going to determine what products are made or who the next person elected is going to be are the people that show up they're the people with passion and so this was a way to study what was truly what was truly important in
0: all this. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for being here today.
1: Thank you. Enjoyed it a lot.
0: Michael Lewis is a professor of marketing at Guisweta Business School and host of the popular podcast, Fanalytics. To access his research and find out more, visit his website at fandomanalytics.com. He joined today to talk about the future of fandom and how sports teams, leagues, networks, and studios must adapt to hold ground in modern culture. For more information about the Guizueta Effect podcast, please visit emory.biz slash podcast.